Exodus 13, verse 1 and 2. Then the Lord said to Moses, Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both human and animals belong to me. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for you. We thank you, dear Lord, for this opportunity, dear Lord, to be able to preach and teach your word, dear God. And I pray for your anointing, dear God. And I pray, Father, you would touch each life that is here, open our hearts to receive your word, dear God. If there be any lost, that they would come running to you, dear Lord. And we just want to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Before we get started in this new series, let me, let me just talk to you just a little bit about it because I, I want you to know as we teach on this a lot of, and begin to preach on this that uh, in any, not any way are we trying to manipulate or any way that we're trying to bring condemnation upon you. Uh, if conviction comes upon you, it's because of the Word of God and because of the Holy Spirit. Never will I pray that the conviction of the Holy Spirit doesn't come upon us, but I will pray that the Holy Spirit does come upon us. In any way, am I not aiming this at anybody within this congregation? So please don't take that. But we're going to be preaching the Word of God. And oftentimes when we begin to preach the Word of God and deal with issues that we're going to be dealing with, uh, a lot of times you get your fellows ruffled. Hello? And so if you get ruffled, that's okay. Just comb them back down and receive it. Amen? And so I, I, I wanted you to know that I'm doing it. I'm, what I'm preaching is not to bring that up on you, but is to encourage you to live the blessed life. That's what we want. Amen. How many wants to really believe, believe that, the, hey, I can live the blessed life? Amen. All right. So here we go. We start this brand new series, The Blessed Life. I'm so excited about the entire series because I believe that it will unlock each one of us to begin to live this blessed life. So as we get started, I heard an old saying many times, uh, uh, at first things first, first things first. There's a, there's a lot of biblical truth here, but even more than that, think about it. You know, it always says before you walk, what do you got to do? Crawl. Okay, before you run, what do you got to do? Walk. Before you talk, what do you got to do? Stay away from Ginger because she'll talk you under the table. <laughs> but there's always those first things that has to take place first. First. When you met your, your girlfriend or your wife, you didn't immediately just go give her a big old smack on the lips, did you? Some of you might have been players. But the first thing's first. You begin to talk. You begin to smile. You begin to, to, to greet her, and you begin to have a good time. Then before I know, you know, you, the, you'll start holding hands. And before I know, you'll start putting your hand around the, the, the shoulder or, or, or the waist or all those things. And eventually, it leads to other things. And, and so there's always the first thing, the first thing. So we want to let you know that there's a lot of biblical truth in first things first. What the first thing is, as far as living the blessed life, would be my question here. Listen to this. There are more, more than 500 verses in the Bible concerning prayer and nearly 500 verses concerning faith. But there are more than 2,000 verses on the subject of money and possessions. Jesus talked about money in 16 out of 
38 parables that he talked about. I believe that it's clearly laid out in the Bible and on the standpoint of the Bible that we need to understand money. We need to understand how to handle it. You see, money is actually a test from God. Hello? Money is a test from God. How you handle money reveals volume about your priorities, your loyalty, and your affection. If, if, if we directly dictate many of the blessings you will or won't experience in life, then the very first principle you must grasp if you are to understand giving is the principle of the first fruit or the principle of the firstborn or the tithes. So far, too many Christians today are confused about tithing and the principle of the first fruit. Now, I'm going to ask you not to tune me out and say, oh, here it comes, that tithing message again. I've heard this over and over again. There must be the bank accounts getting low in the church or they must be a special need. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. God has blessed this church, and we are so thankful, and I'm not a money preacher whatsoever. Matter of fact, I feel very awkward and very strange when I even preach on tithing and giving. You don't hear it too often, but when I do, I bring it out very strongly and very straightforward. And so when we look at this, we find that I believe that as we enter into this, that we're going we're gonna to be talking the next several weeks about this life-giving, liberating truth that can take place in our life. Now, let, we're going to start. I want you to look at a text with me. I find that it, uh, it's an important financial precedent established here in chapter 13 of Exodus. And we're going to read this again. Here God is plainly declaring the firstborn is mine. Look at someone and say the firstborn is his. It belongs to him. God declared it 16 times in the scriptures that the firstborn are his. Exodus 13, 12, 13. You must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord, for they belong to him. A firstborn donkey must be brought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or a young goat in his place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. It is so important for us to understand the principle here of the firstborn. According to the Old Testament law, the firstborn was to be either sacrificed or redeemed. There was no third option. It's either sacrifice or it's redeemed. Every time one of the livestock animals would deliver a firstborn, you were either sacrificed it or it was designated for uh, unclean, then you had to redeem it with a clean, spotless lamb. Hang on to that. Understand just what I said. The clean firstborn, the spotless firstborn, had to be sacrificed for the unclean firstborn had to be redeemed. With that in mind, and what we ought to begin to think about is when we find that, without a doubt, there was a story in the New Testament that John the Baptist, he, he meets with Jesus on the bank of the Jordan River. And John was, was baptizing, and, and he, he looked up, and he sees Jesus walking towards him. 
And John cries out, one of the greatest things that I've ever heard when I read the Word of God, as John cries out, he is this great evangelist. He is the man of the hour. He has the greatest following of all people. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks up, and John begins to cry this out. He's baptizing. He's not one of those say, oh, these are my people. Get away, Jesus. No, he knew who people they were. He knew who he was fathering. And he knew who came walking up that old dusty road that day. And he looked, and he cried out. And he said, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and he said look the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of this world John perfectly defined the role that Jesus had came to fulfill you see Jesus was what God's firstborn Jesus was God's firstborn Jesus was clean Jesus was perfect Jesus was unblemished in every way but listen to this every one of us Every one of us were born unclean. Every one of us were born unclean. Every one of us were sinners at one time in our life. Regardless of what you think about who you are and the walk that you walked, when you were born into this world, you were lost. You did not know God. You needed a Savior. You needed to be redeemed because you were unclean. And the Son of God, uh, he became that lamb, uh, the firstborn that was sacrificed for you and I so that we could be redeemed and clean. Amen? Do you see it? Jesus Christ was God's firstborn. He was born clean. He was born pure, spotless lamb. But every one of us being born that way, Jesus redeemed us. Jesus redeemed us by his sacrifice. He, he bought us back for God. He was the first fruit offering. Jesus was God's tithes. Think about that. God gave his tithes, Jesus, in faith before we ever believed. Don't forget that. Jesus was offered as a sacrifice before we ever believed. Didn't wait and say, hey, we establish a church and then we establish people that's going to believe. No, he offered Jesus before we ever believed. Ever believed. Romans 5 and 8 says this, but God showed his great love towards us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God gave Jesus in faith. In faith. Even when we were sinners, even when we were mocking him, even while we were spitting in his face, he was dying for us. He was dying for us. God didn't wait to see if you would change or repent or make yourself worthy. No. Let's put it this way. When a firstborn lamb is born into the flock, it is impossible to know how many more lambs that, that you might produce. Right? But God didn't say, let your you produce nine lambs first, and then I'll get the next one. Did he? No, God said, give me the first one. The first one. The principle of the first fruit is very powerful. I've heard it said that any first thing given is never lost. And any first thing not given is always lost. What we give to God, we don't lose because God redeems it for us. But what we withhold from God, we will lose. Amen. 
shot me down today. Matthew 16 and 25 says this. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. The first belonging to God, the first belongs to God. We find this principle all through the Bible. We should be given to God the first of our time, the first of our giving, the first of our finances, the first of our ability, the first of our love, the first of everything should be given to God. You know what I find is that it's, this is what tithing really is about, giving our first to God. You're saying to God, I'm going to give you first, and I'm going to trust you to redeem the rest. It always requires faith to give the first. That's why so many Christians experience the blessings of tithing. It, very few walk in that area of experiencing the blessing. Because it means giving to God before you see if you're going to have enough. By tithing, we're saying to God, I recognize you first. I'm putting you first in my life. I'm trusting you to take care of the rest of the things in my life. That's why tithing is so important. It is the primary way that we acknowledge God is first in our life. See, the first portion is the redeemed portion. In other words, when the first portion is given to God, the rest is redeemed. In the same way, it's about coming to church. The first of the week is always given the Lord the first of your time. Some people view money, Monday, Monday as the beginning of their week. They think they have to get their week started right. I have to put some deals together. I have to get some money in the bank. They, they, they give their first part of the week to, to money. Other people think that their week begins on Friday. They say, man, this is the weekend. I'm going to really party. We're going to have a good time. And those people give their first fruit to, for time to recreation. But as God's people, we need to give the first part of everything to Jesus. Now, get this. Not only does the firstborn belong to God, but the first fruit belongs to God. Exodus 23, 19 says, The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. This verse goes even farther than what the first did. To bring the first fruit. Because if you look at it, it says, The first of your first fruit. Hear what I just said? The first of your first fruit belongs to God. That means the last of your first fruit isn't acceptable. Hear what I just said. It is not the tenth portion of your first fruit. It is the first portion of your first fruit. Something that I learned through studying this just recently is that I was talking to a lady just the other day at our home health office, and, and uh, we was talking about tithing, and she's a youth pastor's wife, and we was talking about it. I said, uh, and I was telling her what I was starting this new series of Breast Life, and I'm so excited about it. I believe it's going to set so many people free, and, and we, we was talking about it, and she said, well, I pay my tithes once a month. I said, you get paid once a month? No. I said, then you're not paying your tithes right. See, God don't want you to pay after the leftovers. 
the first of the first fruit. Understand that. Notice the scripture designates where you give too. It says the house of the Lord is where you give your first fruit. It doesn't say to give to a television ministry, and I believe support worthy of them. I think you should support them. It doesn't say to give your first fruit to missionaries, and I believe in supporting missionaries. It doesn't say give your first fruit to whatever you want, but it says to bring them to the house of the Lord. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says this, Honor the Lord with thy substance, with thy first fruit of thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy press shall burst open with new wine. Tithing to the Lord's house involves honoring the Lord with our possessions and the first fruit of all our increase. See, in the Old Testament time, most people were farmers. And they would raise animals and they would, they would grow the crops for their living. And increase came as crops were harvested and livestock were reproduced. But today, you might be a banker, you might be a lawyer, you might be a teacher, you might be a construction worker. Your increase comes in different ways. No matter how it comes, though, the word makes it clear that we are to honor the Lord with the first fruit of all our increase. When we do according to Proverbs 3 and 10, and we give accordingly what God tells us to do, he says your barn would be filled with plenty and your vats would be overflowing. How many of you remember the story about the fall of Jericho and Joshua, the book of Joshua? You remember the story? Raise your hand. Oh, no, nobody knows the story, the fall of Jericho? Raise your hand if you know the story. Thank you so much. Come on, participate. Just, just make me feel like you're listening. Okay? If you remember, God gave them very strict instructions. And the Israelites were not to keep any of the silver and gold from Jericho, but it was all to be given to the Lord's house. Now, how many cities did they conquer? From the time they left and crossed the Jordan River till they made it to the promised land, how many cities did they conquer? Ten. Ten. Hang on to that. Jericho was the first city conquered in the promised land, and it was the first fruit. He didn't say, go conquer ten cities and give me all the spoil from the tenth one. Give me the first, and you can have the rest. Now, that took faith, faith there. So does tithing. But remember what happened? There was a man named Achan who took some for himself. And he became a curse. Joshua 6 and 18 says, And ye and wise keep yourself from the cursed thing. Lest you make yourself a curse. When you take of the cursed thing, make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. When this man took some for himself, it actually cursed Israel's effort to take the promised land. Now, understand throughout the Bible that, that this is what tithes are either, they are either, they are either separated unto the holiness of God or they are cursed, tithes. If you take what God gives, then it can become a curse or will become a curse because it's stolen. Malachi 3, 8, 9 says, will man rob God? 
yet have you robbed me. But you say, wherein have I robbed thee in tithes and offering? You've cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me even this whole nation. What a sobering thought that if we, keep, if we are keeping our tithes, then we are stealing from God and under a curse. It's so amazing that when I think about testimonies of other people, and this is a testimony I hear from people who are givers and that give unto God, that tithe unto God, they say, God has blessed me so much. And then people who are non-tithers, man, I just can't hardly pay my bills. How can I give? It's a testimony. For 36 years, I've heard those testimonies. I can't afford to tithe. It's a sobering thought because it's so amazing how so many people try to overlook the Scriptures and even try to explain it away in some way, say, well, that's in the Old Testament. That's the very same chapter in Malachi. God says this, Malachi 3 and 6, For I am God, and I change not. Hear that. So here's what I'd like to say to someone who's thinking, well, that's in the Old Testament, and I'm living under the grace, and and then... when, who changed those things? When did God change? The tithes? The firstborn? The first fruit that all belonged to God? Who changed that? God just said, I don't change. Who changed that? This is the law. Tithing is an unchangeable principle established by an unchanging God. Would you believe someone that says adultery was forbidden in the Old Testament, but I'm under grace, it's okay now? Hmm? You believe someone would say, hey, hey, you know what? I know stealing was forbidden in the Old Testament, but it's okay, I can steal now. It's kind of what we say when we do that. There are eternal principles out of the Word of God, and tithing is one of them. It runs from Genesis to Revelation. The tithes belong to God. The first belong to God. The firstborn belongs to God. The first fruit belongs to God. Now, I want, I want you to look at a principle of tithing, the firstborn and the first fruit, and one more time. You know, we'll get off of it today. Genesis 4, 3 through 5. In the process of time, it came to pass. The Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offered unto the Lord. Abel. He also brought the firstling of his flock and of the flat, fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Many people have wondered for years, why did God respect Abel's offering but not Cain in his offering? The word God makes it very point to it. It's very straight and it's very clear that the offering of Abel brought was the firstborn of his first flock. But it does not say that about Cain and the first fruit of his crop. Notice there in Genesis 4 and 3, it says, in the process of time. In other words, Cain grew his crop, and then in the process of time, got around to bring the offering to the Lord. The implication is that Cain did not bring his first fruit to the Lord. I believe that it's why God did not respect Cain's offering, but Abel brought the firstborn of the flock to the Lord, and God accepted his offering. You see, God is looking at your heart when you give. 
And when we give of the first of the, our first fruit uh, or our tithes, God receives it and he respects that offering. The tithes is your first fruit. The tithes must be first. The Bible is clear on this. In Leviticus 27, 30, it says, In all the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it's the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Just as the first fruit and the firstborn belongs to God, so does tithes belong to him. But it must be first. First. I really want to help you live the blessed life. I don't want to bring condemnation upon you. I don't want you to think I'm trying to manipulate you into doing something. But I want you to see the word of God now that you can live the blessed life. But in doing this, you must understand that it's, it, that it's not an act of faith to give 10% after all your bills are paid. But it does show our priorities when we are willing to pay everything else and then see if there's enough left over to give God his portion. Oh, that hurt. The first portion we spend should be our tithes. That is the first fruit. According to Exodus 13 in my text this morning, it says the first portion is the redempted part. See, the first portion has the power to redeem the rest. Paul writes this in Romans 11, 16. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. There are so many blessings that go along with tithing, but it's the principle of putting God first and the principle of faith that always initiates the blessings of God. And this is the trigger. See, the first portion is the portion that redeems the rest. The first portion carries the blessing. That is why you, you don't want to give the first portion to your mortgage company. But the sad is that I believe many Christians fear the IRS and the mortgage company more than they fear God. The best way to say it is this, that we respect them more than we respect God. But tithers say, yes, I have a stack of bills here. But I'm going to give to God first and trust him to bless the rest of the lump. Think about this. Abraham had a lot more at stake than money when he offered his firstborn Isaac. And what I want you to understand, he didn't, he didn't wait until he had ten sons before he gave his first one. And also, God did not go to Abraham and say, hey, you know, let's get a four or five sons down the road, and then, then I want you to come and offer that one to me. It took faith for Abraham to offer Isaac. And faith is precisely what ties require. It is giving God first in faith. When God asks for the firstborn lamb, you have to give it in faith. With only the promise and hope that you will produce more. And it will produce more. You see, many people say they're going to put God first, but true tithing is for the rubber meets the road. It is for we, we'll, we walk what we talk. If God is first in your life, everything will come into order. And if God is not first, nothing will come into order. Your marriage, your health, your finances, your family, your job, 
your career, your ministry. I mean, nothing will come in order if you are not putting God first in your life. Nothing. So if you're constantly in this little wondering deal where you're constantly, the same pattern is going over and over again, maybe you need to check and see, am I putting God first? Hello? But if I'm a tither, when Satan comes against you with fear and says you're going to be broke, your marriage is going to fall apart, you're going to get a disease, you can firmly reply, no, I'm a tither. And because I'm a tither, the Bible says God will rebuke the devourer for my sake. Because why? Because God is first within my life. So here's the question today. Would you rather try to make it through life with 100% of your income, but all of it curse? Or would you try to make it through life with 90% of your income and all of it blessed and redeemed and protected by God? That's the question. It's amazing to me because I, I looked throughout as I studied this and began to, to ponder upon it. And I knew that I was going to have some of this reaction. Just quietness, just silence. <sighs> Why do you have to talk about this? Kind of like me talking to Danny about her hair, you know. <laughs> the, the quietness of it. I love you. She knows I love her. So don't nobody get the little panties in the wad here. See? <laughs> but we find that many people don't want to look at the truth and wonder why they're living the life they're living. Brendan said it so great. Brendan called me. <laughs> I got to tell you a story real quick. He called me yesterday. You know, I had the, the old folks. We went to see Moses, and, uh, and uh, okay, maybe not all the old folks. Okay, not Emily. She's not an old folk. But, uh, we went to see Moses, and I was, and, and we'd left here. We had, this is my day. We had men's prayer breakfast, and then from men's prayer breakfast, I got on the bus, and I drove all, all day, went to Moses, drove back, got home around 10 o'clock last night. And the... Uh, so when I left out today, uh, yesterday, I told Brian Grooms, make sure you check and see everything's locked up because I thought I'd left my door unlocked in my office and all the office unlocked and all, all the stuff done. Well, I get a call from Brendan. He said, where are you? And then I said, Brendan, I'm in Branson, remember the trip? Oh, thank God. He said, I came into church. Your truck's out there. There's cars everywhere. The, your office door's open. The other office door's open. He said, everything's on and nobody's here. Brendan thought the rapture had took place and he was left. <laughs> oh. 
Brendan, he called me and he said, Pastor, he said, I've been under conviction for a while. He said, I need to be the one taking the offering up Sunday morning. He said, ever since you started talking last week about the blessed life, Wednesday night, he said, when you talked about the blessed life, he says, God started convicting me because, you know, God has blessed me and Danny unbelievably when we started giving like we were supposed to to the Lord, putting in the offering. And he said, I want to take that offering up. And I said, good, do it. Because he was blessed. He's been blessed by God. I can tell you stories after story of people who have put God first. Not just in their giving, but in their life. Hello? See, if you give your life, you're going to give, you're going to give the other too. Sometimes you go through some battles, but you're going to work your way through it. Mark Draper, for example, he got tired of playing in clubs, and I told him he wasn't going to play in clubs, he's going to play on my band. And he put God first, and God blessed him horribly. I mean, it's just unbelievable. You know? God, God blesses and blesses and blesses and blesses when we put him first. But it takes faith to do that, doesn't it? It takes faith to do that. I'm so thankful that me and my wife made commitments a long time ago to put God first. And everything we do. Do we fail? Yes, we do. But we try never to fail in our giving to God. Because we want the rest of the lump to be blessed and not cursed. Well, I'd rather God to take and give take that 10%. That's not his. Because there's, there's a story that I was going to do and didn't want to do it, but I, I thought about it. That, this pastor gave this guy a $100 bill before church. And he said, when I call for that $100, he said, I want you to bring that $100 up to me joyfully, just give it to me. And he said, I'm going to ask someone to give me $100 in the congregation. And so service starts, pastor gets up and he starts preaching. And he says, hey, I need someone to give me a $100 bill right now. This guy takes off running with that $100 bill and he gives it to him. And everybody's so amazed. Wow, that guy's generous. The pastor said, yeah, he's really generous because it wasn't his money. It was mine. And he was just giving back what was mine. Hello? When we get that understanding, it changes about how we give to God because it's not ours. The firstborn, the first fruit is his. It's easier to release. And I realize it's not mine. And then I realize because I'm being obedient, he takes that 90% and he blesses it so much more. Amen. Amen. And I'm not one going to tell you because if they're saying, I'm not going to tell you they're going to give you a tenfold, a hundredfold and all that. I don't believe in that, John. I believe God blesses us. But the, the blessing, the main blessing that I believe he gives us that he protects us from the devourers, those that come against us. To, and then he also makes everything run better. My car runs longer. My clothes wear more. My shoes don't wear out as much. Everything runs longer besides Connie.
I still have to pay Jen for what she does. I still have to pay the hair lady for what she does. <laughs> but everything else runs longer. Blake, you want to escort me out here in a minute? Okay. All right. Stand with me, if you will. I picked on my two favorite ladies, Connie and Danny, today, so I had fun. All right. It's up to you. Or you make a decision. A decision to give. To give. When I think about this lady right here on the front row, she's been in my life for 50 years. I watched her as a young, I guess, what did I come to know? You were in your 20s, maybe? Oh, you're still there. I'm sorry. I'm still there. And uh, I, I watched her live a life that wasn't pleasing to God. Truth. And she came to church. She wasn't living like she should with God. But something happened along the way. And she changed and started putting God first. She went through some rough things. Went through a divorce. Raising two teenage boys. Been some hard battles. But she continued putting God first. And then she met the Prince Charming of her life. God blessed her, and God blessed him. Amen. And then they made some state. They made some more push. They started doing more for the kingdom of God, doing more for the kingdom of God. Before you know it, God blessed him with a business, and it's exploded. It's exploded. Bigger. Me and him sat and discussed it, and, and I worked with him through the whole thing. And we discussed how, hey, if we just can get this going, then it's going to be great. And it's tripled what we thought it was going to be. That's why. First things first. Story after story of people who have put the first thing first. I can point to you people, Tiffany and Jerry. Tiffany's now a bank president. Because she put bank uh, managers, sorry, bank. And of course, she put God first. God first. Bless her. More money than she ever made. She wanted to become my secretary. I said, I can't afford you. And I'm so glad I can't afford her because now she pays tithes. (laughs) 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 But putting God first is so important. It blessed the rest. I don't, I don't look too often at your ties, Rick. Some of the leadership I have, and sometimes it's been discouraging. But if you want to come out of that cycle, that endless cycle, you've got to step out in faith. Amen? 
And it goes with everything within your life. See, if you're still doing the same thing, going over and over, doing the same thing over and over again, then that's the definition of insanity, getting the same results. And many people are living their entire life doing the same thing. Oh, I'm going to change my way. I'm going to start serving God. I'm going to start putting God first. And, and, and then you're back doing the same thing that you started with. To start with, you go a little while, and then you go back 15 steps. But the Bible says that when the, when the, when the, the spirit, the demonic spirit comes out of that person and that and the house is clean, that if we don't put something back in it, seven times worth comes in. So is it time to put God first in everything in our life and live the blessed life? Amen. Let's pray right now. Father, we love you. We thank you for you. We thank you, dear God, for this great opportunity to hear your word. I pray, Father, that you'd touch each one of us, dear God. And, Father, that today, dear God, as we spoke, Father, I ask, dear Lord, let no one go out with a misunderstanding that I'm telling the lost if they're, they're not giving to you, dear God. Father, I, I pray that they understand that this message, dear Lord, is to encourage them to just to put you first put you first and if there's those that are here that's not putting you first that today they will change and you will come first in their life we love you and we praise you we thank you for all that you are in Jesus name we pray amen with every head bowed every eye closed and if you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ we want to give you an opportunity to come because that's what it's about you start there give him your heart Give him your life. Give him everything about you. Let us start there today. So if you're like the Israelites and you've been wandering around for so many years and you just keep complaining and griping about, man, I just keep in the same rut and the same problem, then, hey, this is the time to put God first. This is the time to put God first. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand and say, I need Jesus today. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? I need Jesus today. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask you to come just in a minute. And also, I'm going to ask you here right now. Hey. Are you really putting God first? Have you got some areas that you need to surrender to God? I mean, I talked about ties, but there's, there's other things in our life. And see, I just find out that if there's a tie problem, usually there's other problems. So there's other problems going on in your life. You say, hey, I love God, but man, I've I got I to step out in faith. I've got to trust God in these areas. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, hey, I, I, I need to put God first in some areas in my life. Yes, yes, all right. Now, if you raise your hand, I want to ask you to come right now. Come on, come on right now. Come on right now. God is good, amen. Now, we're going to pray. 
those that raised your hand to give your life to the Lord, we're going to pray and believe that God's going to do a work in your life right now. You're going to put him first. There's going to be a cleansing that's going to take place. But you got to give it all. Say, hey, Lord, you're first. You're first. You're first. So we're going to just pray and ask him to come into our life and cleanse us today. I ask everybody to repeat after me if you would. Father God, I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. Cleanse me with your blood. Become my Lord, my Savior, my Master. I put you first in all my ways. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I know it hurts sometimes, and I know a lot of times our hearts, even in the tithing especially, that our heart, we want to give, and it hurts us not to be able to give, and I've been there. But I've learned that when I step out in faith and just do it, God blesses. There's things that happen in our life. There's some things that we really we don't want to do and sometimes we get entangled in a well you know you know what I'm talking about you've been in that well and you, your heart says no I don't want to but your flesh is constantly plugging at you to do it it's the battle of the spirit and the flesh that Pastor Lee talked about Sunday last Sunday and it's there you went out when you put God first beyond yourself. God first beyond yourself. My girls used to, they used to complain there for the longest of time. They would complain because we would do vacation Bible school and camps and they would be involved and they would win a lot of stuff. And uh, I'd look at them, no, put it back. You're not going to do that. We got bus kids that don't have nothing. And we're going to give that to them. And they'd complain and gripe about it, you know. But I taught them a lesson. Because you know what? They had everything they needed. I took care of them. They didn't need that stuff. But it made a difference in those kids' life. And now they teach their kids the same. And they're so happy because, you know, my girls, I think I got the sweetest two girls alive. And I got one in heaven that's waiting for me to come. And you know what? I wouldn't change teaching them to put God first over their self. So you need to put God first. It hurts sometimes. It hurts. But when you do, God blesses. You release it and you realize that, hey, this wasn't mine to start with. It makes it so easy. If I got Lee Bell stuff and, hey, I can, ah, it's Lee stuff. I'll give it to anybody. But when it's my stuff and I'm thinking it's my stuff, it's hard for me to release it. 
Amen. But when I realize it's not mine and it's His, it makes a difference. Okay, so we're going to pray. God's going to help you with this right now. Father, we love you. We thank you, dear God, for those that have came. They want to put you first. There's some areas in their life that they hadn't been doing that. And so, Father, I pray that they would step out in faith today. And just do it. Just do it. Just trust you and do what you've asked him to do by putting you first. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. Amen.